This short is brought to you by Lens Protocol. When you first came across NFTs, what were your sort of original aha moments? Um, and specifically, how, how has that evolved to where you are today? Like, did you get it? You said you got it on the spot, or at least it kind of like rang a bell with you. And did you already see the future of like a product like Super Rare in existence? Or was it a lot of like trial and error? Was there like denial? Like, I'm trying to understand your, your state of mind in that current moment. Yeah, so I had seen early, like on Counterparty, there was some, you know, there was like Spells of Genesis and some of these early games and stuff. So I was already, th- I was excited about using crypto for, you know, more kind of like consumer tech type experiences. Like I was always wondering what was really going to take off. Um, and it was fairly, you know, like the standard came out around, you know, like, like, I guess there was like crypto punks over summer. Then the standard discussion started happening with, uh, you know, like crypto kitties launching. And I was like, it was pretty early. I was like, oh, uh, you know, like when we first launched, we were like super rare Instagram meets Christie's. That was kind of like our, you know, elevator pitch that we would give people. And, you know, we heard a lot of like, well, that's the worst mm. I've ever heard. Uh, mm. but yeah. Why, why, why do you think you had so much hesitation to begin with? Like, cause it, it really feels like Instagram meets Christie's like where we are, uh, in, in the current phase of crypto. Like it really feels like that. Why do you think there was so much hesitation at the time? Uh, just for like the general kind of audience. Yeah. That, like, that, that, that ideal vision. Yeah. It was really fascinating. I think. So for us, when we would talk to a lot of the, you know, like these, these that we talked to, cause you know, like we didn't raise money until we were already like cash flow positive. So it's like mm. kind of like late into the cycle, really. Um, but collecting is, you know, this sort of irrational behavior. And so you have people who are like hyper rational trying to like figure out what the market for this like completely irrational behavior is going to look like. And a lot of people were just like crypto kitties, like volumes are going down. You know, it was like a, another kind of crypto winter and I don't know. It was just hard. Like to me, it was obvious. I was like so excited. I was like, I was like, look at there's like you know, all these different stickers and like, obviously we're going to have, you know, digital collectibles. They're mm-hmm. just as fun as physical collectibles, except they take up no space. They're actually even better. You know, I can have a much larger digital art collection than physical art collection just because I'd have to figure out how to warehouse you know, thousands of paintings. Um, right. But yeah, I think there's something like a lot of the people who I would talk to earlier were like, why would you do this? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. And I, my response was always like, why does anyone collect anything? Like collecting doesn't make sense. It's not useful. It's, it's not going to help you survive. Uh, it's, you know, so I think that's the, I like that. That makes, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. John, something that I really admire about your background and that makes your story super unique is how early you got into crypto. And something that's fascinating for me personally is understanding the narratives of crypto that drive the irrational market. And I feel like you've had exposure to a lot of different narratives. Can you recite any of them or recall like some of the earlier narratives and have they poised to be true today? Mm. Yeah, it is really interesting. There's, There's certainly the narrative cycles I feel like Ethereum's a really interesting one. You know, like when it first came out, it was like the world computer 
which was like a, you know, kind of like a good narrative. We were talking a lot about, you know, shared databases, this world computer concepts and permissionless applications. That's a really interesting one where I don't think it came true, but the shared world computer part, you know, came true. You know, for example, like super open sea, like you know, these are companies doing like we're complying with laws. There's no, you know, pretense of like, you know, we're not Bitcoin where it's like, okay, this is, you know, serious decentralization, sovereign money. Like this is, you know, for like gaming or any, just like the NFTs where it's like, it's more like sure. luxury entertainment. Um, and so I think like the permissionless applications thing is a narrative that is sort of untrue. Um, but you know, doesn't really matter. I, I still think it's super interesting. Like a lot of these companies are you know, doing things that are really interesting. Um, another narrative, I mean, one narrative that was popular at the time that we're seeing a little bit of now is when I first got into Bitcoin, it was Bitcoin and altcoins. Everything else was a scam and it was not going to work. <laughs> and, but there were like these application specific ones like Namecoin or Primecoin or you know, there was all these different, they had like, right. for like unique twists. And I think we're seeing that now again, kind of with the, the different layer ones where they're all some flavor of sharding that's, you know, it's similar, but different to Ethereum. And yeah, they're, they're doing a way better job of raising venture capital. So I imagine they'll be around longer than, you know, prime coin or feather coin was around, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's an interesting that, one. That's that makes like sense. Come back up. Yeah. What, what would you say is like the leading, the leading narrative today as of February 22nd, 2023? And there's a reason I'm asking this. It's going to transition to the next section, but kind of just to kick it off, any, any narratives that you're, that you're sort of embracing right now, you're realizing as, as we continue through the bear market? Yeah, I think, I mean, that NFTs really are the mass market moment. Like I think we've seen just... You know, even with the hype cycle of 2021 and where we are today, like, you know, Bored Apes kind of taking over mainstream press and like the, you know, the huge people sale, even though here we are, you know, still in a bit of a bear market, but we're seeing tons of things, you know, like seeing things happening in music and just like all sorts of different parts of the art market and the explosion of generative art, uh, I think we're still seeing the the acceleration of adoption through NFTs, which I think was an early, you know, kind of meme or narrative that is still playing out. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.